This is the Timmy Time and the Batman Revolution podcast. Pod- podcast is part part of Batman Universe Podcast Network. Oh, why was that so hard to get out? I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of like that Califragilisticex or whatever from Mary Poppins. It's a mouthful, that's for yeah, sure. It's a mouthful. It's a tongue twister. It's just kind of a pain. I'm, I kind of reg- regret that we we picked this name. I think we're going to go yeah. simpler next year. Yeah, it's um, the bat, the Batman universe, bat fans. There's a, there's a lot of words in there. Right, right. But anyway, yeah, we, we have Mark with us, our um, our emailer Mark, and um, he's taking Tim's spot for this one because Tim is on a religious holiday thing or a meetup. I don't know. Like he he wasn't too specific about what that was. He said yeah, I don't know. a meeting or something. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, usually, uh, I don't know, like in the spiritual community, uh, I think they call it retreats a lot. Oh, my terminology was wrong. So, uh, yeah, I was forced. Yeah. In high school, if I got grounded, I had to go on a retreat. Oh, man. <laughs> That's how I got punished by having to talk to Jesus. That, that must've been fun. Uh, yeah. You know, I loved it. I, yeah, it was great. <laughs> So yes, yeah, th- thank you, Mark, for doing this with us. You know, there there wouldn't be a show uh, without you doing this with me. I mean, because it would just be me talking to myself about nothing, about Taco Bell and all that good stuff. So thank you. Hey, it's my pleasure. You know, and I'm the reincarnation, the baseball player, and I'm happy to be here to talk <laughs> about all things Batman and whatever else. <laughs> so, so do you get people coming up to you, uh, or you know, like I don't know, you go to the- dentist or something and they're like mark lemke oh yeah all the time yeah yeah that happens to you Uh yeah well i grew up near chicago right Right. so when the in the so in 95 you know my my or even before and a little bit after that my you know my dad my mom and my sister we would go to cubs games up in ripley up in north side the north side of chicago and i got to meet mark lemke i have a bunch of his baseball cards and got it autographed but you know but he didn't stay with the Braves much longer after that. And I'm a Cubs fan. I'll put that out there. And, uh, but when I got, when I was in the Marines, I was stationed in North Carolina. I'm in Braves country and it got all brought back up. And all my friends that I made in college are from the Atlanta, Georgia area. So I'm, it's like instant, like, Oh, you're awesome. Your name's Mark Lemke. So it actually does get brought up a lot because the 95 Braves are like this idol status in the yeah. Southeast. I didn't know that people in North Carolina kind of root for the the um, Braves. Yeah, the next closest team would be the Orioles and the, the Nationals, believe it or not. No, the Cincinnati Reds are only about five hours away. Right, so, right. Yeah, so, but uh, no, I mean, Braves fans, man, the, the Atlanta Braves got Georgia, they got Tennessee, they got North Carolina, South Carolina, Northern Florida, yeah, and Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes the, the nobody likes the Rays. That's the that's the grossest. If you ever look at their stadium, it'd be depressing to, to be in there. It's so it's the the field's ugly. I don't know. 
But yeah, no, the Braves and like the Rockies and some other teams just geographically represent huge areas. Oh, that's so. true. Well, anyway, uh, before we get into our minute by minute commentary, um, I this past week watched Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. And man, that was a piece of crap. It's terrible. If you like the first one, don't watch the second one because it's just bad. Like the stories aren't that interesting. The only interesting one was with the 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 part with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but he ends up. Spoiler alert! Now he dies. Um, and that last story with uh, Jessica Alba, I turned that off. Like I, I didn't even have to see that ending part. Um, so yeah, if if you are thinking about watching that movie don't just don't just ignore it because it's not as good as the first one yeah i i um my girlfriend mentioned like hey you know i saw the first one you want to go see the second one and and with the trailers and how long it took for it to come out you know my interest in seeing it really just kind of waned and then you know if something gets a really bad rating on rotten tomatoes it tends to turn my you know, interest off to see it. Like I wanted to see Chappie really bad because I like Neil right. Blumkoff and it was just apparently horrible. And I even liked the band Deant Ward. So I thought it'd been pretty funny to see them in the movie. Mm. And uh, yeah, it just hasn't been a good 2015 so far for movies <laughs> in general. But I, mean, I think the moral of the story is that don't take eight years or however long it takes to put the right. next, right. like Game of Thrones, I'm almost losing interest in the winds of winter, you know? What is that, like the new book? or, or? That'd be the sixth one. Yeah, did, no. are you a Game of Thrones person? Well, I watched the first season of that show, and I read the book, but no, I'm not really a a fan. Okay, yeah, because today, um, George R. R. Martin, they published the first chapter of the book. You can read it online if, if people are interested, service, you know, service announcement. So... Sorry, I'm getting off. I'm getting off topic. <laughs> That's the point of this show. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sin City, a Dame to Kill for. Do not watch. The only reason why I watched it was because it was 99 cents on the iTunes store. So was oh, that bad? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even worth a dollar. I, I, I felt like I, I wasted my time, to be honest, because that was just terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie I watched recently that was just a waste of my time. I can't think of one right now. I mean, I'm usually pretty good in that field, but uh, I know Interstellar came out on Blu-ray this week. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Maybe um, Green Lantern. I don't know if that's <laughs> with a, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, with Ryan Reynolds. I, mean, that's I a, luckily avoided that one. Oh, good, good. Because, man, you, you get like halfway through that movie and you don't care anymore. I mean, you just yeah. lose the storyline. What's going on? You know, the, I've only walked out of a movie one time, and it was Halloween Part Two by Rob Zombie. It was so horrible. Like, like the the, the girl. It was like the first one was pretty good. I thought it was a decent remake. You know. Yeah. And I didn't like the Devil Reject stuff either because I, like, I don't like hyper violent stuff. You know. Right. But the the but the girl, the main character from the first one and the second one, all she did was scream, and it was giving me a headache for real. And like, I mean, and I wasn't the only one who got up, but. That movie kind of like ruined his directing career for sure. I mean, for a little bit maybe. So yeah, the the only movie I've ever walked out on 
and I remember this because it was crap. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, people like this movie, and I can see why. But to me, I didn't like it. Uh, it was 500 Days of Summer. Mm, I know. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, you don't need to. Thank you. I just crossed another movie off your list. Um, Yeah, that that was just... For one thing, it was boring, and they kind of flash forward in time, and you don't really know what's going on. And it's it's just one of those cases where it's a badly written love story, kind of like what's going on in Arrow or what happened in Smallville. Just terribly written love stories, so... Man, Talking was... about Arrow, I, I did. I, I've watched all those episodes. I missed the most recent one, but I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. But Kate Cassidy as Laurel Lance is driving me crazy. Really? Why yeah. is that? I, you know, I really think that Kate Cassidy should have been Sarah Lance, and Sarah Lance should have been Laurel Lance. I think they're better suited for flip roles. Oh, I see. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, I was like yeah. I was. I mean, I'm familiar with the Black Canary character, and uh, to me, Sarah Lance was a much more. I bought into her more, even though I knew that she wasn't the real Black Canary. Right. And but to me, she just just her fighting style and just the way she looked and the way she fit into the costume, you know. And I don't know. She she kind of feels like. I hate to say this, but uh, Katie Holmes from Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. That's what that's who she reminds me of, like a character that doesn't really get what's going on in the story and an actress that doesn't really get it, you know? No, I, I get it, yeah. I mean, I and I totally understand why they had to do a recast of Rachel Dawes or whatever in the, in the, in the Nolan trilogy. And plus, it wasn't like... With Katie Holmes, all that weird Scientology, like being held hostage crap going on with Tom Cruise at the time. No, she decided to do another movie. Hold on, I gotta figure out this movie. Hold on. It's like money something. Like money. Oh man, hold on. This is gonna bug me if I can't figure this out. Yeah, I, I do remember reading like there was oh, some type okay. of like schedule conflict yeah. going on. She did Mad Money with uh, Queen Latifah and Diane Keaton. Um, <laughs> nice. Let's see. Let's see the ratings on this. Uh, mixed to negative. It got a twenty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's an. It's apparently a laborious, unfunny, and and implausible heist film. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you know, she's known for making good choices in her life. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, if you're even thinking, if you if you even think like, how, it it can't be that bad because they got the cool artistic style, and you know, th- there's there's guns and there's action and stuff. Don't do it because for one thing, the action scenes are terrible. They're bad. They, they're stupid. Um. And nothing, nothing really happens in it. I mean, I don't think anything happens in it. I mean, for, for as in the overall story of Sin City. I mean, I don't know if it's the same way in the comics. If it, if it, I mean, I haven't read the comics, but I don't know if it's the same way there. But I don't know. It's it, just don't. Oh, and like the the girl from 
Three Hundred Rise of Rise of an Empire. Ava Green. Yeah, that terrible movie. Um, she's like, no. I'm not necessarily complaining, but I don't. But she's like naked the whole. Yeah, movie. Yeah, she's naked like the whole movie, and like, for I mean. Yeah, early in her yeah. career, she was doing full frontal nudity stuff. So I mean, she's all about that. Um, she's in that really good show on Showtime called Penny Dreadful. If anyone has Showtime, I really recommend you to watch Penny Dreadful. That show was awesome, and she's in it. And yeah, she's like naked, laying on a bed, getting having sex with the de- with Satan. And right, it was pretty. It was pretty graphic. So she's yeah, she does that stuff. That's like her forte. She is like, you know. French-born, yeah. laissez-faire, bourgeois thing going on. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really didn't get it because I mean, it's like, uh, what's that guy's name? The, the actor. Josh Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin just shows up like to rescue her, and then she's naked in a pool for no reason, and she's talking on the phone naked for no reason, and yeah, she's like the little seductress lady. Right, kinda, right. Tentrist, you know, thing going on. But, you know, the only thing I want to see Josh Brolin do anytime soon is a Goonies 2, but I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. So <laughs> that'd be great. Or an older Batman. Yeah, they were talking about it today. Your uh, co patriots on the uh, Batman Universe podcast. Yeah. Andy and Jamie or something. I don't know. I, I listened to that guys. podcast too. It's like the second, like, you know, Dustin has like the comic book podcast, right? Yeah. And then like, then there's like the Batman universe podcast and that, and they were talking about that in their most recent, that Josh Brolin would be like a good Batman from like the Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. I don't know. I'm kind of over Frank Miller period. I, yeah. I, I, should, I shouldn't have watched that movie that he had a hand in. Um, I watched 300 Rise of an Empire. That sucked. Um, and all of his comic book work sucks now. So, Yeah, I, um, I'm reading some Daredevil right now, and I'm on the volume two of the Frank Miller, Klaus Janssen stuff. Yeah. And, uh, he, I mean, I see why people feel like he saved Daredevil, like made it relevant again, because, you know, Daredevil at one time was considered just a poor man's Batman. Yeah. And uh and uh Frank Miller did a pretty good job of making him relevant, you know, and um and then I don't know if you know, in uh the new Daredevil show comes out and the Man Without Fear series that he did was really good. Pretty pretty adults a good retelling, like he did a retelling for Batman year one. Yeah. But I agree, you know, his stuff, you know, I think his last one that people were just like really into was three hundred, you know, and and Frank Miller is really just not a household name with a lot of people anymore. So, yeah, that's sad because I mean, I yeah, like your like one. Niche. Yeah, I like your one. I mean that that was good. I like uh, it was. What else do I like? Uh, some parts of uh, Dark Knight. Um, not Strikes Again. <laughs> Dark Knight. Um, what is that book called? Why am I blanking on it? Is it Batman? Yeah. Dark Knight Returns. Oh, there we go. Yeah. The one with Superman in it. Yeah. Where Lex I mean, Luthor was like, hey, I'm going to kind of like fight you. Yeah. I mean, those, those are good. I mean, mm-hmm. but what happened? 
what happened to him? Doesn't he have health issues? You know what? It looks like he does because I've seen pictures of him on Twitter. Like, he took a picture with Jim Lee, and it looks like he has, like, cancer or something. Yeah, I heard he's not doing so great. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I believe that people run out of steam. You know what I mean? Right. Um, You know, I thought it was happening with Stephen King in the late 90s, you know? Yeah. I just, like, nobody thought he was going to put a good book out again. And then when he did, when he finally finished A Dark Tower and then came out under the dome, everything he's written has been fabulous. I mean, everything Stephen King's done since Under the Dome has been good. And has been phenomenal, especially right. 11, 63 has just, I mean, it's probably one of the best books, but like one of my favorite authors of all time is Michael Crichton. You know, he lost steam, you know, his books towards before he died, they weren't really, they weren't that good anymore. And, you know, there's examples. I can't think of one besides Stephen King, but I mean, you can get your second breath. And you know, Stephen King was having health problems too. He was losing his eyesight. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'd be cool if he got like a second wind. You know, but it doesn't happen for everyone. I don't know. I don't think. I, I don't think Frank Miller has it in him anymore. I think he's just gonna be like. I think it's just gonna be like. Year one returns, uh, maybe three hundred if you're into that thing. Um, Ronan and his Daredevil stuff, and that's going to be his legacy. Not any of this of, of this new stuff, you know. Yeah, and if that ends up being his legacy, it's it's not a bad one. Yeah, at all. yeah, it's not a bad legacy. I mean, those are great books. But... Can be better than my legacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. You know what? Let's just call that our future topic, whatever that was, because <laughs> yeah, let's just do that because I, I I need to think. See, Tim always stumps me on these things, on these future topics, because we were we were originally going to talk about the best Batman story endings. Well, I guess we can do that now. Do you have any? Do I have any? Yeah, oh. off the top of your head, like uh, comic book wise. Uh, or just comics, in general. movies, TVs, TV series, or games. Or games, man. You know, when I was a kid, I, for whatever reason, I really liked Val Kilmer because of because uh, of Tombstone. <laughs> so I kind of liked this Val Kilmer thing, yeah. like in the '90s. And I thought he was really cool. It was like anti Tom Cruise and pro Val Kilmer. <laughs> I was like, no, man. I hope he beats Maverick in Top Gun. But I, for whatever reason, I loved uh, Batman Forever. And, uh, that, I mean, for me, that was like my Batman movie, you know, I think I was a little young, you know, and, and my parents wouldn't let me see, um, Batman returns, you know, the Tim Burton stuff, right. because that was like scary stuff, you know? And, but yeah, I really, for whatever reason, if I mean, if I went back and watched Batman forever now, and I, I liked how that movie ended and everything, but it, I mean, it's not considered one of the best Batman movies at, at all now, but, um, yeah, for whatever reason, for me, Batman Forever was how I got started. But for ending wise, um, thinking of a comic, I really liked Hush. You know, I just like how Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee brought everyone in together, and you kind of had you thought for a minute that you had Jason Todd back, but it was Clayface, and 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 you, and you had a and you had a Harvey Dent that wasn't demented anymore, and it, I, it was just. I think Hush is just one of the best Batman stories and 
kind of a, a beginning of a story and, and an end of a story for me personally. I, I thought that was a great one. So what happens to Hush at the end didn't really bother you where he just falls and say, like, Oh, he may be alive, but he may be dead. You know? I uh, no, I didn't personally bother me all that, that bad. I think I was more still really caught up in like the storyline with Selena Kyle and having Nightwing there. And it was just the whole rogues gallery. And I mean, they could have, I mean, I think they probably left it open because they thought they're going to have another Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee collaboration, which probably didn't happen, which probably hurt the whole hush brand name, you know, yeah. but uh, that's probably why it happened that way. They probably thought that Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee were going to be the next Jeff Loeb and Tim sale, which didn't happen. Yeah. Cause I think Jeff Loeb went back to, well, what is that noise? I'm not sure. But um, I think you're scraping your head or something. No, I guess someone's walking around in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> wow, the microphone! I didn't know that the microphones were that uh that sensitive. Don't but why worry. don't you? I'll, I can mute my my side, and you cannot. Uh, no, tell no, me no it's okay. It's okay. Just just let it go. Oh, okay. I mean, there, there's sirens and planes and all kinds of things. So I mean, somebody walking around a house. <laughs> doesn't really do anything so okay right on um well jeff Loeb's back with marvel yeah he's yeah. like the he's like the creative he's like in charge of the tv shows now like the the marvel t like he's in charge of shield and he's in charge i mean he's he's all heavily involved in the new daredevil stuff and and whatnot now so yeah, I think that's what he's doing. But I, that's what I think happened with Hush. I really, I really think they thought that Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee were going to become like another power couple. <laughs> power couple. <laughs> uh, for me, um, how can I mean you can't talk about Batman story endings without talking about the end of Batman Begins? Um, yeah, the, Christopher Nolan kind of ripped that off of uh, Year One, but oh, for sure. Uh, tell me that didn't get you pumped for the for the Dark Knight or for the new Batman movie. It it did, and uh, when when Batman Begins came out in two thousand five, I was still in the Marine Corps, so I was still pretty uh, self absorbed in what was going on then. Yeah. But what actually got me really pumped for the Dark Knight uh, the Dark Knight Returns was actually when Heath Ledger died. I was like actually like driving on the airfield at like five o'clock in the morning and then it came over the news that it happened. And then it kind of got me hyper aware for it. But no, the way that I just Batman begins just that whole movie in general, like that, even the, the, the chasing with the tumbler down the street gives you the chills and everything. So, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's cause it's Batman, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, some, some Joel Schumacher crap, you know, this is, serious batman and it's just like that whole movie it's you know serious batman this is the batman from the comics and that ending just capped it you know it was like oh man i can't i i can't wait you know two years or whatever it was you know so or three years you know i just can't wait so yeah that to me that was that was one of the best 
No, I totally agree. And, you know, because of what Joel Schumacher did with Batman, I don't think people had faith in Batman after that. It was just like, whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, yeah, that, that – and I don't think people were prepared for what Christopher Nolan did with Batman Begins. But the way that movie ended and it, it got – it just – it did. It, it, it was a great movie in general from a film perspective. And the way that they ended it with the Joker card, people were like, okay, they finally got the balls to do something that people actually want, you know? And, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so uh, comics – let me think. Well, of course, the ending, the ending of uh, No Man's Land. I don't know if you read that, uh, Mark. I have not gotten to the. I have not gotten to No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to do like the whole thing in order with Batman, and then I got through the second part of Night Quest, and John Paul Valley was just a little too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had to take a break, and then uh, from that, so I went from that to Hush, and then I got caught up on the the New Fifty Two stuff. Yeah. So uh, no, I haven't got the No Man's Land, but I mean, for when you when I sent that first email, to you guys, and you did that show, it is on my highlighted list of things that I will get to. But, oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. So I won't spoil it for you. Spoil the ending for you. But oh, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's up there for me. Um, it was just one of those cool revenge kind of things that you don't expect a certain character to be doing. Um, it's not Batman, uh, but it, it it just totally made that comic. Like I remember picking up. I, I still have the single issues of it, and I remember picking it up. I mean, uh, reading that that last issue or second to last issue, I can't remember what it was, um, and seeing what that person did to that other person, and I was like, oh, you, you know what? That's justified. That's good. You know. So wow. yeah, for me, No Man's Land, um, and you have to read it, Mark, because you're not a Batman fan until you read No Man's Land. <laughs> I will. I will atone for my sins, and I will read it. And, uh, yeah, I know a bunch of people want to get me some, like, like congratulations for getting your master's degree kind of stuff. And I'm probably just going to ask for comics. <laughs> I'm going to ask for comics. I'm going to ask for Chateau de Pop wine. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I care about. So, well, I but I will read it. Yeah, I think there's, like, five trades. Yeah, there's so, five volumes. Yeah, five and I know trades. Jim Lee did it, right? He did some of it. He I did think. some of it. Who's yeah. the primary writer for that? Who was it? Dang it. See, you ask me these kind of things, Mark, and I look like a bad Batman fan. Well, you know, there's so many people out there. You know what I mean? Hold on. So, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Unless you were a DC historian, I, I would expect more. Right, right. Um, let's see. Uh, how could I forget? Uh, Greg Rucka. Great Rucka. Great Rucka, yeah. Paul Dini, Chuck Dixon. Uh, I've heard Chuck Dixon before. Yeah, he's good. Um, he did a lot of... Uh, he did Robin, the the, the Robin title. Um, the the Dick Grayson... I mean, not Dick Grayson, Tim Drake. Uh, okay, Red Robin? No, no, when he was Robin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, unfortunately, uh, Devin K. Grayson, who was terrible on the book. 
on uh, Nightwing. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much the only people who note. So yeah, you, you really gotta, you really have to pick that up. Yeah, I kind of like the whole idea behind it that Gotham's hit by this like, devastating earthquake. Yeah, and I mean, just and that's you know, and when I heard that, I was instantly drawn to it. But I'm so, I'm kind of almost bogged down. It's almost become like a job for how many comic book series that I'm reading right now. I mean, yeah, I got my hands full. Um, I probably haven't read Batman in the last couple of weeks, which is unusual for me. I, I, you know, I'm going to start the Batman and Son because I've heard a lot of stuff, good yeah. stuff about Tomasi and uh, who. Uh, who I've heard might oh, be taking oh, you over mean Batman and Robin. You yeah, mean, Batman yeah. and Robins. Yeah, that's what I meant. My bad. Yeah, so I got the first trade back volume of that, and I'm, I plan on starting that soon. But like, I'm a huge Dark Tower fan, so I've been reading a lot of the Dark Tower com graphic novels, and those are pretty. Those are pretty awesome. All right, so so for you, what is like a what's the what's a good story ending? Batman story ending, comics, TV series, or, or games. You know, I got really sad when the Long Halloween ended. I thought I, I the way Jeff Loeb, the way he writes comics, you know, even for like uh, Daredevil Yellow and and for the Haunted Night and the um and the Long Halloween. I, I'm having a hard time thinking exactly how it ends, but. Um, cause I've read it. it was a while ago that I read it, but I just remember just being like, when, when I flipped that last page, I was like, that was a darn good comic. That was just a good story, you know, and, and everything. I'm trying to think, I'm having a brain cramp right now. Oh, I remember now. I remember, um, it's with, um, Harvey Dent's wife. I can't remember her name though. That's right, and she was um, she, she was killing people. She was the holiday killer, or she, mm-hmm. I think there were weren't there two or something. Yeah, or, I think um, Albert Falcone. Yeah, that's his name, yeah, right? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was, he was killing them. some people. There was yeah. like, yeah, that was actually something that was pretty cool. Is that how, how the holiday killer was actually two people? But the real one, the real one that actually started it was Dent's wife because she was trying to reclaim her husband back. Right, you know? right. And, and I mean, she kind of was doing this from, in her mind, she was doing from a, like, you know, a place of, of good. But I remember, and like that relationship between Harvey Dent, um, Jim Gordon, and Batman, I just remember being really drawn into it. And I, because I, I knew what was going to happen. Because um, right. they, that's, they showed the real way that, Two-Face became Two-Face actually in the Batman Forever movie, you know, sort of, you know, <laughs> that a, a mobster throws acid on Dent's right. face. It was Marconi in the comics, but, um, yeah, I just remember being really sad and, you know, in a lot of comic book stories, like, I think sometimes they have a hard time really connecting to you, like, to your, your heartstrings and everything, but that's something that Jeff Loeb's really good at. You know, and yeah, I was just, I was, I was really surprised. You know, usually I can guess who the killer is going to be. And I, it was dense wife is so in the background in the, in the, in the comics that you really don't pick up on her as a player. You almost don't even see her in the book. 
like she's like at house gatherings or something right, you know? right, like, right. Hey, hey it's the gordon family you know <laughs> hey you know let's hang out well by the way i'm gonna go cheat on you know with you with sarah essen eventually but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i mean i liked uh you know i didn't really like how they what they did in arkham in arkham city yeah when they killed talia i was i wasn't a big fan of that but i liked how that how that game ended oh with um what's his in the, uh, on the stage and everything and he yeah, fight yeah, clayface yeah, yeah I, I liked it and the joker dies that he actually died well who knows i mean there's all those kind of theories who arkham knight is i'm sticking to john paul valley and uh no 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 it's alfred it's alfred yeah it's alfred you think so? Hey, but yeah. you know they're bringing him back as role in the con- in uh, in the con- convergence moment, so they might be bringing him back into relevance to be the Arkham Knight. Why are they bringing back Azrael? That's what I don't get. I mean, it was a bad book uh, when it was going on uh, before the New Fifty Two hit. In fact, I think it got canceled before the New Fifty Two hit. Uh, but yeah, it was just a terrible book. Nobody really likes the the character except for little kids who like the the um, the, the Azrael suit. suit. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool suit. Yeah, it is. But oh man, not Azrael. Please, not Azrael. The, the the Batman universe doesn't need Azrael. It needs <laughs> good quality stories. Is what it needs. Yeah. No. Uh, one of the convergence title is Shadow of the Bat, and it's blatantly Jean Paul Valley. On the uh, on the cover. Okay, so I guess I won't be picking that up then. Oh, I'll read it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- y- you can be my Tim. All right. Uh, <laughs> g- g- give me your review and and I will judge it. <laughs> right. Uh, and what other uh, what other endings do you like? Let me see. Uh, let me see. Uh, man, I'm. Oh, Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, I've Black read Mirror. that was great. Yeah, you've you've read it? Oh, I read Black Mirror, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's just how, like, you know how, like, everything happened, you know, uh, and then in, at the end, it's really, really quiet. I don't know. It, so something, it was just something that really uh, impressed me because... It's like Alfred is talking to Dick. Dick was Batman in, at the time. And Dick is really trying to come come to grips that he is that he's not Bruce and he's his own person. And Alfred's I can't remember what Alfred says. He this is a podcast we can't remember. Um but but Alfred says something and then you, you just see Dick looking in the mirror and then it just kind of ends. And I remember just being like, wow, I mean, after all that, everything that happened in Black Mirror, and then you just see, it, it's just Dick standing in a mirror, like, realizing that he's not, he's not Bruce, he, and he can't be Bruce, he can only become his own person, and I remember, I remember reading that, and just being, and just being, just being impressed, man. Yeah, and I like the uh, showdown between Barbara and uh, the her little brother, uh, James. James, how yeah. she how she takes him out with the shard of glass or whatever it was in her hand. Yeah, but it's also that was, really really horrifying because he he lifts the um, he lifts the blanket off of her legs and she got two knives stuck in her 
in her um mm-hmm. legs. Or when uh James goes like he's at he's at that dude's house that like a guy that teased him like back in like you know grade school and he yeah. had like he had him like chained up and his arms and oh. both his legs were gone and like yeah. his jaw was missing. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Jacques, you know, Jacques is a good artist to betraying like a showing like agony. So yeah. it was a great team up. And uh, if you liked, if you like um, Scott Snyder and Jacques together, I I recommend Witches because they're doing that together. And there's only five issues out, so it's easy to get caught up into. Isn't that like a horror book? It is. It's from Image Comics, oh, so it's Image. like it's their own thing or whatever. I guess that's like the benefit of Image, like they don't copyright any of the characters that are created by comics in it. So yeah, and also you you don't really have to write for kids. You can write for specifically for adults. You can have violence. You can have sex. You can have you know all kinds mm-hmm. of things. Oh yeah, there's nudity in it. Yeah, that's what. I, um, well, so is Vertigo. That's pretty much just for adults. Yeah, but Vertigo is kind of like adult light. Adult yeah. light. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Um, that's for comics. Have you read the the Killing Joke? I have. Oh, you have. The Killing Joke is that the one where he shoots Barbara? Yeah. No, I have not read that one. I've read The Man Who Laughs. Oh, The Man Who Laughs. You should definitely read before you read anything else. You should read uh, Killing Joke because that's pretty much a definitive Batman story. It's the only Batman story that Alan Moore wrote, I think. Um, but. <laughs> the ending is pretty much what Joker says in the Dark Knight when he's hanging upside down about the immovable object and the unstoppable force that we need each other. Like, yeah, they're like they're anti- the antithesis to each other. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty much that, but it's just the way that Frank. I mean, not Frank Miller. We're talking about good things here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alan Moore writes it. And supposedly Batman kills the Joker, according to uh, Grant Morrison. But I don't know if I believe that. So, yeah, before you read anything, Mark, read The Killing Joke. I will do that, I promise. I will go to my comic store here in Asheville and I will snatch it up. All right, so... Sorry, I just lost the email. (laughs) Um... Was there anything else you uh, you can think of Batman related? No, nothing I can think of right now, and I'm sure I could. I, I've been reading so many other things recently, in, including stuff on social work and family therapy. That it, a lot of things are running into each other right now. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's like, yeah, I really like that comic. And then I like when I brought the Long Halloween. I'm like, I cannot remember these fine details. But yeah. luckily, that's the nice thing about Long Halloween is it's going to be a great second read through. And I'm glad I bought it, you know? So. Yeah. And you should also read their um, Jeff Loeb and uh, Tim Sale. You should read their other book. Their, well, first off, their Catwoman book, which is all right. Uh, but there's the the Robin book, um, Dark Victory. It's a, I read that one. Oh, you did? Okay, mm-hmm. good, good. Um, yeah, I read Dark Victory and Haunted Night that they did. Oh, okay, good. With the Hangman with... Um, Sophia Falcone yeah, yeah. as the hangman. 
<laughs> I want to see her in a movie. I want to see how they do that. <laughs> yeah. They probably ought to get a guy to play it. But. Did you read um, Superman for All Seasons? No, I haven't. That's one of the best Superman stories I've read. Um, I'm not a big Superman fan. In fact, I don't even like the character, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm not a big um, Superman guy either. Yeah, but it's a really good book. It's really, really well written, and the the art is amazing. It's it's way nice. better than uh, Long Halloween. Right. I don't know. Definitely. I know that my comic book store has that, so that's yeah. another one I could pick up. Um. All right. So I guess that's it for a featured topic. Um. Oh, you know what? You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to do our minute by minute commentary. Um, I know you don't have it up right now, Mark, but it's just the scene where Bruce and Selena are dancing. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so we're not going to get through this. <laughs> All right. So yeah, just get your beta tape or your, um, VHS tape or your, uh, HD DVD. If they still make those anymore. Or your do you need f- me to, do you need me to go find the scene or are you just doing it? No, I'll just do it. And, uh, all right. Sounds I mean, good. I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> I have seen it, but I could not do it verbatim. Uh, that's okay because nothing really happens in <laughs> in this scene. So uh, yeah, just grab your grab whatever, and uh, I'm gonna give the countdown. So three, two, one, hit play. See, right now she's talking about um, uh, the the pearl necklace. That's what I don't get about this scene. How come like nothing happens in here in the scene? You talking about the, the which is giving the warning? Yeah, like the dance Bruce. Scene. Uh, it was actually is I think it was a pretty good like uh, little foreshadowing. You know, I don't think Republicans like that scene. No, <laughs> but uh, um, no, it was uh, actually you know to me I got a really big social statement. You know, how, how could you guys keep so much for yourself and, um, right. keep so little for the rest of us and everything. And I think that was a course for Nolan, like, you know, social class commentary thing going on in there, which I found to be pretty, pretty interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, how, how would Selena Kyle know about the storm that's coming? That's a good, that's a good question. But, uh, you know, it was always implied throughout the movie that she knew who Bane was and what Bane was about yeah. and that maybe she, she's, and I think that's why, you know, Batman, Bruce Wayne goes her cause she has those, she has her, no pun intended, her claws into the, into the information. And, uh, that's why he needs her, you know, like he's so disconnected from what's going on and what's going on in the, you know, the, the underground of Gotham that he needs to reach out to Selena Kyle. You know, it kind of, I think it just kind of paints her as this very, this wealth, you know, wealth of information kind of person. Well, and plus two, Selena Kyle leads Batman to the underground lair or tricks mm-hmm. him anyway. Yeah. So it's, it implies that she's made some kind of deal with, Bane. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, we can get into our discussion, our news topics. 
was there was there really anything this past no. two weeks? There was um, no like uh, badass digest. They they released like some plot like some plot lines like that might be going on that Batman comes to to Gotham and uh, pretty much is like under the influence of like Lex Luthor Luther and uh, the him and Bat. That's the reason why him and Batman are fighting. And there's like this lot of kind of debate going on, but like why? How are they going to make it believable that Batman and Superman need to fight? You know, and so, but it was the the article is vague enough to where it could be right, but it could totally be um, <laughs> off topic. You know, like they have like you know like right, it's, right. I mean, there's plenty of you know reasons out there why you know Batman and um, Superman fight in Hush because he's under the influence of Poison Ivy, and in Endgame. They fight because he got poisoned by Joker's laughing gas stuff, you know. So there have been, there are some, you know, clues. It's not the first time that Batman and Superman have tangled. And in Batman Returns, isn't it? The Dark Knight Returns is from Frank Miller, isn't it? Because Superman's kind of doing this, doing stuff for Lex Lex Luthor. No, no, he's um, he's working for the u.s government for uh ronald reagan and batman was, <laughs> that's uh, awesome <laughs> yeah batman was a threat to i don't know the, the government or something i can't remember exactly okay. what it was but um yeah that that was <laughs> that was weird uh they did release the pec- picture of jesse eisenberg as lex oh, luther right right the- right yeah uh he i liked good. it yeah he looks good i don't know why people were we're so afraid that, you know, he well, people weren't happy about Ben Affleck. And I actually think Ben Affleck's going to be a really good Batman. Yeah, exactly. So um, especially after his performance from Gone Girl, he, you know, he, and uh, Argo in the town, I think he's, I think he's brought respect back to his name <laughs> from Jiggly or whatever. Jiggly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, Reindeer games, Rain, yeah, reindeer games, uh, <laughs> reindeer games. The sum of all fears. Oh, that was uh, horrible. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Or that that traffic movie. He or like that pay, cab pay line or payday or yeah, with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's made a lot of crap. <laughs> he has, but it, you know, he had that little rebirth when he directed um, Gone Baby Gone. Uh, that's a good movie. His brother Casey Affleck stars in which, it. Which one is that one? Is that like a murder mystery? Yeah, it's about little kids getting snatched up in the Boston area. Oh, yeah. And then then he did did um, uh, the town, and then he did the town was good, which in my opinion was kind of a rip off of Heat, which is my favorite movie. It's like it's Heat with Boston accents yeah. <laughs> and a really annoying Jeremy Reiner <laughs> or whatever his name is. I can't say it. Well, but. if you didn't like him, I mean, if you don't like that movie, he also has Argo, which I thought was really good. Argo was great. No, I liked the town. I just felt yeah. like there was little too many familiar, you know, I think there should have been like a nod. Like this is out of like respect to heat, you know, cause yeah. to me, he is like the quintessential, you know, crime, Pacino, De Niro at their prime kind of thing going on, but no, but I agree. Sorry, I'm getting 
getting you off topic, but I think Jesse Eisenberg, they released that picture. People, you're right, people were complaining because um, they only showed a headshot. They wanted to see him, like, standing on a building or with maybe, like, Superman in the background. But, you know, we're just living in an era of no patience, you know? Right, right. If people, It's like people want – yeah, if people could have it, they would have, like, five minutes released today and then three months, another 10 minutes released and, and just the way that media and consumption works, you know, yeah, you see, it's going to be a lot of complaining going on. I don't want that though. I mean, I want to no. go into the movie theater and see the movie for the first time, you know, I'd be yeah. wowed or amazed or whatever the word is, you know? Yeah. And that's really hard to, to just be amazed by things in, in today's society because we're, we're, flooded with information that, you know, the way that I, you know, take in information, I would really have to change my routine to make sure that I didn't accidentally come across a spoiler. Yeah. And I think this all started with dark Knight. I mean, like this, this kind of fiending, fiending, fiending or whatever that word is for, uh, for the, these low quality freaking far away shots of of like one character that i i just don't get yeah they they um you know putting the carrot in front of the horse is definitely how they advertise movies get people ready for stuff now you know you know david fincher was doing a lot of that stuff of like when gone girls coming out like little interactive things that you could do online and little hints here and little hints there and and stuff like that so a lot of it's just marketing but um i think a lot of it's due to uh they're just doing it right now you know the marvel universe you know Mm -hmm. people can't wait for that stuff you know dc is now launching their version of the universe on TV and in the movies and um, waiting three years for a movie. It's kind of a long time, you know? Right. Yeah. So a lot of stuff happens between three years in your life. I can't remember. Did, did you like guardians of the galaxy? I have not seen it. Okay. Otherwise my cousin Peter likes it. I pretty much like anything he likes. So, and I like Chris Pratt, so I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Jurassic world. That looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Jurassic world. I, but I'm a Michael Crichton purist. <laughs> so I'm coming, you know, that's, that's how, that's how I learned to read novels was through Michael Crichton. You know, first book yeah. I ever read was Jurassic park. No, I actually the first world I ever read, book I ever read was Lost World. So, yeah, right. He he did Jurassic Park and the Lost World, but he didn't do Jurassic World, right? No, there's only two. There's only two Jurassic Park books. Yeah, and uh, they both came out in the '90s. And um, yeah, the second, the sec, the Lost World movie. There's like almost literally no connection to the book. So oh. yeah, it was just like whatever. Did you that. like? Uh, did you like Congo? <laughs> no, that was not that great of a movie. <laughs> Timeline, uh, timelines, one timelines—the only book that I have read like six times, and the movie was horrible. Because believe it or not, the book's not even about time travel. You know, it's about multi the multiverse and like multiple universes mm-hmm. and parallel universes and stuff. Uh, it's one of those those books. 
What about uh, what's that movie called? Uh, or that made-for-television movie? Or was it a Michael Crichton thing? Yeah, yeah. It was like a alien species comes to Earth or infects Earth or oh, Andromeda strain. Yeah, Andromeda strain. Yeah, well, that was like the seventies, though, wasn't it? Oh, I thought they were. They remade. Did they, it, I think. did they make a new one? All yeah, right, a new. It, depending if it came out between two thousand four and two thousand eight, that's like a black void of culture for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, it, is there any other news that that you saw? That I saw. Um, I mean, I usually go to Screen Rant or Cinema Blend for my news, and I didn't. And I I go to them daily. Um. I haven't really, I don't really, I haven't seen too many things. I mean, you know, Latino Review has everything every other day, but I don't really believe anything they put out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, the the Jesse Eisenberg picture and I think Badass Digest's uh, plot synopsis um, were ones. But, you know, Cinema Blend, the guys from Cinema Blend, they, 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 they often write, this could be this, this could be the plot line or that might be the plot line that happens a lot. And, you know, a lot of these news things are designed for clicks. So unless it's coming from like Scott Snyder's Twitter account, I'm, or, or, a, or someone or a verified account from an actor from the movie. I don't, I don't buy it too much. Yeah. So no, Zack Snyder. Did I say Scott Snyder? There's yeah. too many Snyders involved with Batman right now. <laughs> yeah. So if it's not coming from Zack Snyder's Twitter account, uh, it doesn't pique my eyes too much. Do you know what The Rock Just, is doing? Shazam. Do He's doing Shazam. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's they, like there's been talk about it, but I mean, not there has, but it's slated for like 2019. So it, it's slated for a while away. Mm. I think. I wonder what so. that new uh, Fast, Fast and the Furious or Too Fast, Too Furious or. Whatever they're calling the franchise, it's just like Furious Seven now. It oh. did great in the box office. People love that, well, it's but it makes me feel old because the first one came out when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, I was in intermediate what? school. Yeah, I was in intermediate. Yeah, two thousand two. I was born in eighty five. So yeah, so so you're only three years older than me. So I remember seeing that movie, and I didn't think it was that good, and. I remember they made the second one with Tyrese. That, yeah, with Tyrese. Oh, there is news right there. There's the Tyrese Gibson like self promotion to be Green Latin thing going on. If you have to self promote yeah. yourself on social media, you're probably not going to get the role. <laughs> well, what I think he saw is that they were talking about the guy Ramsey, David Ramsey, yeah, playing the Diggle, playing yeah. him. He's like, oh, so they're interested in an African American black. Lantern, well, yeah. uh, Green Lantern, <laughs> no, oops, <laughs> and uh, you know he's like, hey, I think I would be really good at it, and man, if it doesn't work out, he's gonna look like a moron. So, right, just like um, every movie in Ryan Reynolds' uh, filmography. Yeah, pretty much. I I think he's gonna be a good Wade Wilson, though. What do you think? No, a good, a good Deadpool. I've seen the pictures, and I don't know. I, I just don't think he's a good actor. I really don't. I mean, that he he was in one movie I liked, uh, which was this movie called Buried, 
which is really good because he, he's in a box the whole movie. <laughs> he's literally did you see box. that April Fool's video he did with uh, Mario Lopez? No, what did he do? It was a it was a little April Fool's video where he's like acting like he like it looks like he's appearing on Extra, yeah. the TV show, and they're talking about like uh, oh the movie's gonna be PG thirteen and it's gonna be they're trying to make it as friendly family as possible <laughs> and then you see and then you know it's Ryan Reynolds and they're talking about him being in Vancouver and being home like Vancouver like a little homecoming from yeah. and you see a guy walking behind Slater well I mean Mario Lopez and it's obviously Deadpool it's a guy in the Deadpool's outfit and then Deadpool kills Mario Lopez and then goes shut up Slater and he drops the F-bomb and then says, don't worry, Jesse, I'm here to protect you. And then, like, of, of course, Deadpool's going to be effing rated R. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And to me, that made me feel like, okay, I think Ryan Reynolds could be a pretty good Wade Wilson. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still sketchy on Suicide Squad. And I don't... The, the cast is great, though, man. Yeah, but Will Smith... I, Will Smith hasn't been in a good movie in a long time. And I know that doesn't mean he's a bad actor or anything. But he's still a name brand, though. Yeah, yeah. Which means a lot of money is going to come to the movie. But I like Jared Leto, man. I've liked most things Jared Leto's been in. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm starting to rethink that. I mean, is he really going to be a good Joker? I think he is. I think the guys from the uh, the other... Uh, podcasts on you were talking about that there's like this Vine video of him performing recently with 30 Seconds to Mars and uh, that he says something like let's get crazy or things are about to get crazy and he drops his voice really deep and people there's a lot of theories out there and I think one of the guys from the Batman podcast was sold on that he was given a little Easter egg into uh, the Joker's voice but um I've seen a lot of movies with Jared Leto. He's and a good I think actor. He, he's a good actor, man. He's he's the real deal, you know. Um, yeah, but the, when, it, when it comes to acting, I mean, even in Panic Room, uh, that David Fincher did back in the day, he that Leto. That movie? Yeah, he's the one with the cornrows. He gets killed oh, by Raul. Yeah, the guy who calls himself Raul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I thought he was really good in that and uh, Requiem for a Dream. Which is a hard movie to watch, anyways, because I don't like what poor Jennifer Connelly and uh, you know her character. You know, I was just like, I had to turn my eyes away. I was like, oh man, I don't want to see that. And uh, yeah, no, he was good in that. And have you seen um, Dallas Buyers Club? No, but he he plays uh, a transvestite. Uh, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. And he drops a whole bunch of weight to to play that role too. Mm. So. uh yeah, no, he and he was great. I mean, he totally him and Matthew McConaughey totally deserved their best uh, the best acting awards, but the supporting actor and best actor. It was, it's just a, it's a good movie. It's just a good piece of film. Yeah, but what about the writing for Suicide Squad? I mean, who's writing it again? I have no idea who's writing it. Uh, hold on, I can figure this out really quick without typing on my computer. <laughs> good old Suicide iPhone. Suicide Squad. the film I don't know 
It doesn't really say. All right, let's see. Ross Andrew. David Ayer. Yeah, it looks like David Ayer is the is the uh the one writing for it. Is the director? Yeah. No, I think it is David Ayer the director? Yeah. Or so I guess he wrote and is directing it. Oh, okay. So Well he also did that movie Sabotage, which is terrible. <laughs> well, he did End of Watch, that's a good movie. Yeah. And he was part of Training Day, which is a phenomenal movie. And Fury. I don't know if you Fury that. Fury did yeah. very well for for being a war rate a war movie with Shia LaBeouf in it. So <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I, um, you know, the, the general optimism out there, uh, is pretty positive for the movie. I have, I have pretty high hopes for it. I don't, I don't, I think, um, I was a little upset when Tim Hardy left, but I told, I kind of get it why he left. You know, I don't think it's a yeah. problem with the, the movie itself, but he was, he's not going to be a main character. Hmm. And I'm I'm thinking maybe it was mutual. But like, do we really want to pay Tom Tom Hardy that much money to be Captain Flag or whatever his name is? Yeah. But uh, you know, and they replaced him with Joel Kinnaman, who I think is a great actor. I really liked him in um, Robocop. That, that, no, he was in the, he's on the TV show oh, the from killing. AMC, The Killing. Yeah, I liked him a lot in The Killing. So, and he's Swedish, and I like Swedish people. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I'm still not sold, but I am going to be one of those fans where it's like I'm going to bash the movie a lot, and then the movie comes out and it makes a lot of money, and you know the critics love it. Then, then I'm going to be like, I was there since day one. You know, I I, I backed this movie since it was first announced. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be Do one you, of those guys. That's an interesting. Like un- another phenomenon that's going on here in the movie comic world is like level of fandom. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and we, as in Tim and I, you know, it doesn't matter if you know you like, I don't know, the Batman symbol, or if you have every single comic. You know, it's you're a Batman fan. It it doesn't matter how many comics you own or mm-hmm. how many you know how many times you've watched the dark Knight or whatever. Yeah. And, it, and a lot of it is how you decide how you, how do you want to consume your interest? Like how do I consume, you know? And right. I mean, I'm someone who watched the animated series in the early nineties cause it came on after school and it was on Fox, you know, and my parents didn't have cable, but we had all the major stations because we lived so close to Chicago and, yeah. And uh, I had the toys as a kid and I, and I was able to, I was allowed to watch Batman forever. Maybe that's why I liked it so much, <laughs> but you know, and then, and then I lost interest in a lot of things when I was in the Marines because you know, that's what happens. And, and then, um, yeah, when the dark Knight came out and all the movies, I just remember being so excited, so pumped up from when the dark Knight rises came out. And I just remember right. sitting around, I literally it was like literally sitting around one day and be thinking like, I want more Batman and I want more Batman now. And like, and how do I do that? Well, comics, that's the source material. Mm-hmm. So I went to my comic book store and they were accommodating to me. They didn't, they didn't, you know, sometimes you get stuck with some fanboys that work in those stores and they can be really, 
nasty with you, you know, and be like, I don't want to, I don't want to break you, you know, just help me out. Don't make me feel ashamed to be, don't make me feel ashamed because I'm trying to give you my money. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to give you some cash money right now to buy your product, but they were pretty awesome there. And then I, you know, I took the time and I researched and I found, you know, like Comic Vine and some other websites of Batman stuff in order. So that's how I decided how I wanted to read the comics. And then I went on iTunes and I found different podcasts and that's how I came across your podcast. And then, uh, well, what happened is I started listening to the, uh, the Batman universe podcast. And then I started following the different things on Twitter. And then you guys got retweeted by the main Twitter thing. Yeah. And I listened to your show. It's like, these are my dudes. These are the, these are the kind of guys I want to get my information from. <laughs> so, and that, and that's, it's a very obscure way to come across something, but that's, that's how it usually works. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from the sh- the time I've read, I mean, it's not that hard to consume a lot of comic books in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter if you picked up books yesterday and started reading them. You um, are part of the Batman family. Yeah. Cause I mean, this whole elite, elite sort of attitude is just stupid. And you know, if, if more people don't read comics, that's probably going to spell the end of comic books because, you know, not a lot of people buy comic books anymore. Yeah, um, I guess you, I guess you could say that. Yeah. I mean, I have that Marvel unlimited subscription and I love it, you know, but I mean, Marvel, Marvel in general is doing great. And, and uh, D, it seems that DC and Marvel keep expanding their, um, their comic lines and their storylines and their, in the amount of, of comics that they're issuing out. So I guess my take almost on it is I kind of feel like the comic industry is actually doing pretty well, you know, cause San Diego, San Diego comic con has now become this cultural fixation. And I think I, you know, when I go into comic envy here in Asheville, you know, I really do. There's a lot of people there and this is, this is, it, and this is, I mean, I, and it's a small city, you know? So, I guess you're right, but it, it, like I said, it doesn't matter if you like the Batman symbol, you like the Batman suit, or you have every comic. You know, you're still a Batman fan. So, amen. I agree, 129. percent Wow, that's a lot. I know, man. I'm all. I'm. I'm. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with that, I. I mean, I guess we can move on to our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. Um, Mike, no, we can't start with Mike. Where's Alex? There he is. Um, Alex says, hello, Timmy Time and the Bat Fan Revel. Now hold up a minute. How does the element of time revolutionize something? We really need to regroup and think this stuff out. Well, Alex, all I was saying was what Stephen Colbert was saying where a revolution is one time around to the same place you started, right? That's revolution, right? That's <laughs> true. Stephen Colbert was correct about that. <laughs> uh, do you mean time because we're correcting the present state of the, ba- the Batman universe? But then how is time conscious enough to enact such a mutiny? Unless time is the reality and we're all just constructs of imagination, then again, you place Batfan Revolution in the same line, meaning that we're on equal footing. If we are one with the space-time continuum, are we bad gods? 
bat gods as in Grant Morrison's version of Batman? Is Grant, is Grant Morrison writing this reality? What is going on? I'm freaking out. It sounds like Grant Morrison wrote that because... It's true. And there's there's only... And this is Alex, right? Yeah. Well, Alex, there's only one ultimate truth in life, and it's death. So you can, after, when you die, you find out what's right. Until then, it's all a guessing game. Wow, you just brought down this show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that's my that's my go-to line. You know, does is the yeah. ultimate truth. <laughs> uh, but he says, anyways, happy Easter, guys. Tim, I hope you appreciate the thought. Although you seem to have be, you seem to have been, been in the festive mood since you put a robot bunny for the co- the cover art. Oh, I get it. It's Iron Tail. Iron Tail from the Here Comes Peter Cottontail claymation flick. Do you know what that is, uh, Mark? No, I do not. Uh, me neither. I haven't watched it since I was a toddler, so thanks for the nostalgia. Oh, wait. Is that the new Batman you were talking about? It looks like Iron Bunny. If there was any hero that it looked like rem- remotely like, I'd say it's a robot tick. Anyt- anytime fans get mad at movies for the characters not being like the comics, I guarantee folks will point to this. I guess if Batman had contacts that worked as a gateway to his bat computer, does he really call it that? This really isn't out. Yeah, yeah he does, Alex. This really isn't out there for for this depiction of Batman. I don't read current comics anymore, so I can't complain. Although I want to keep up with the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle run and trade. Don't tell me you're also a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, Mark. I am not. Okay, good. I, was being I am not. I'm not. I am not into the. I mean, those two movies, live action ones, were pretty amazing. I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, because what I read was phenomenal. I thought it blew this Batman stuff out of the water. In regards to the Batgirl controversy, oh yeah, with the cover and the Joker. I'm thing. totally. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. You, I guess, get, you got a guy who draws her vertigo, drew a variant cover. What what were you expecting? Yeah, and I don't know. It's it didn't really bother me, but I can see how people can have a problem with that. No, and I think um, is his name Gabriel or Raphael? Raphael Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, you know, I think he handled it really well, and I thought he was really professional about it. And I support his decision in asking DC to take it down. Yeah. Do I agree with the people who were, it's not like he was, I, I get it. And I understand what's suggestive, suggestive and everything. But yeah, but, yeah. But he wasn't trying to suggest anything. No, right? I mean, no, it was and and, and, and the nature, you know, and the relationship that Barbara has with the Joker is it, it there's just so much unsaid things in that picture that I thought were brilliant that he was portraying. I mean, there was like a whole history in that little picture of Barbara Gordon and Joker right right in that picture, you know? Uh, Well, Alex says, um, I think it's another situation of people becoming more self entitled. If people that were reading the book complained, I completely understand it. However, from what I heard, it's mostly people that don't even touch comic books. What? So no, you know, and I, 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 I agree 
um, with what Alex is saying that I can, I really do see how people are, they saw the cover and just had a knee jerk reaction. You know what I mean? And we're in this, and we live in a society, especially on the internet and, and multimedia that is so politically correct and touchy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I'm a male feminist. I'm a therapist. That's what I do. I'm very sensitive of how people feel. But I agree with what Alex is saying. Is I, I feel, some, I think, and I agree, I can see how a lot of people threw their hats into the conversation that had no business throwing the hat into the conversation. That if they understood what that picture was about, they wouldn't have had a problem. That's, that, that's the best kind of uh, arguers or whatever you want to call them. Uh, people that have never read a comic book commenting on comic books. It's kind of like uh, if I were to, say, criticize the Marines, even though I wasn't in the Marines. <laughs> it's just... You know who you criticize sense. is not the military guys. You create you, you criticize the, the, the people who make the decisions. Yeah. Secretary of Defense, so on and so on. You know, it's like... Uh, it's like me telling what feminism, you know, I'm a male feminist, but I don't tell feminists how to run their theory. I don't tell feminists how to, you know, oh, well, strengthen you their cause. You should. I should. I'm an entitled male. Because you're yeah. an entitled male and you have nothing to do. I mean, feminism doesn't really affect you as a man, a male, period. Um, <laughs> In a way, that's true. Yeah. Don't people, well, uh, Alex says, don't people have anything better to do? Like, talk about a guy that dresses up like a bat and fights crime in a mechanical bunny outfit. <laughs> um, I think that's Julia Pennyworth. That's my guess. <laughs> um, but of course, Alex always has questions, and that's the best part of his emails. Uh, his first questions, question is, what are your top favorite alter- alternative looks for superheroes and villains? And what are, you least, what are your least favorite Different incarnations not included. Well, Alex, my least favorite has been every interpretation of Azrael. I'll say that because it's just terrible. Um, my favorite has to be Scarecrow. Uh, you see him in Arkham, the Arkham games. He looks really, really cool. Uh, you see him in, uh, well, the animated, the original animated series. Uh, it was all right, uh, but it was... The New Adventures, uh, Scarecrow, which was really cool. So, probably those two. Nice. That's a good answer. Oh, my favorite. Um, My favorite's got to be the Jim Lee Batman. That is just a sexy-looking Batman, (laughs) in my opinion. I I think he looks really good. I think that's what Bruce Wayne, in my mind, that's what Bruce Wayne looks like. Um, and I, I like the Arkham version of, uh, Poison Ivy, you know, um, the Poison Ivy a lot in the comic book, she has like the, the vines like wrapped around her and everything. And yeah. I kind of like in the Arkham, in the Arkham series that she's like, it's like a walking death mist, you know? And I think that, and they think that make, they, they make Poison Ivy look pretty, pretty great and everything in that. And I agree with the Scarecrow. Scarecrow is visually probably one of the best villains in general and that's what that's what batman bends from is that his rogues gallery nothing compares 
Yeah. There is, I mean, nothing compared. The 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 bad guys in Batman are legendary. I think the only other um, superhero that might have villains that are as memorable as maybe Spider Man. So, who's um, who's Iron Man's like main? I don't know, villain? but oh. I like the whole storyline where Venom ate Tony Stark, and I was pretty happy with that ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. I guess Spider-Man's like main Joker villain is uh, Venom. Venom, yeah. Boy, well, Carnage is a great character too. Is that the red guy? Yeah, I would see a movie about Carnage, and it better be rated R. Well, they tried Venom, and that didn't really work. Well, it was Topher Grace. What were they expecting? <laughs> I mean, I like Topher Grace. Don't get me wrong; he's the best spineless weasel ever, but. I don't think the main character who played Venom, the I can't Eddie Brock or whatever, yeah, was not a spineless dweeb, you know. But I mean, Topher, I like Topher Grace. I'm not, I'm not knocking him. I liked him as Eric, and I liked him in other movies he's done. But no, that was pretty, pretty. I mean, that the last Spider-Man movie ruined Tobey Maguire's career. It was so bad. You know what? You're right about that because he hasn't really been. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. He did that Marine movie with like Jake Gyllenhaal, or like, or where he comes back and Uh-oh. and his wife is hooked oh, up with his best oh, friend or uh, something. Yeah, yeah, and then brothers or something. Yeah, he had to kill the other Marine guy to get free or something, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm. But. I just remember like when when uh it was so bad in that third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie yeah. where the when he has the black suit for a little bit like the way to make him seem like he's a bad version of Peter Parker was to like make him look emo. Let's just put his bangs to the other side and have him walk with a limp. <laughs> Not to mention a forgettable villain. Uh Sandman. Oh yeah, that Hayden church or whatever his name was yeah all right well i don't want to get too distracted from these emails <laughs> sorry so, so what's your fi- what's your least favorite my least favorite yeah uh, have you said your least favorite yet yeah any incarnation of of Azrael. Azrael. oh uh, it's gonna be jason todd god he annoyed the crap out of me really Oh my god! I was so happy when I was reading the back of those comics that people had voted to kill him off. I'm like, that's the funniest thing is that nobody liked him enough to keep him around. <laughs> he got voted off the island. <laughs> he did. He drove me crazy. I'm like, just shut up, dude. Just, just we get it. We get that you that your situation's hard, but now you're with Bruce Wayne. Can you? And, you know, and I'm not a fan of these like short, short Robin short, short things going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like I'm not interested in teenage man thigh. So, <laughs> so I didn't. I don't like the old. I guess I'm not a traditionalist when it comes to Robin, but like the old Tim Drake stuff, and especially the the Robin, um, Tim Drake and Dick Grayson that was portrayed in the New Fifty Two. I think they looked pretty good. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't really like the old school. Teenage boy leg Robin thing going on. I think that was from the '66 show. Even in the '80s, um, yeah, yeah. Robin um, in the even in the Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb uh, um, Haunted Night, no Dark Victory. Um, the '80s, the stuff that came out in the '80s, um, A Death in the Family. 
um, a lonely place, a lonely place of dying. Those comics, all they all, you know, it's their short, the, the short, short thing going on. <laughs> and, uh, Tim Drake is Batman and the night quest stuff. So, and he has the full legs thing going on. So I think the whole Robin wearing full length pants thing is a nineties thing. Mm. Uh, well, Alex says, I can tell you my least favorite was when I was a little kid and really wanted a standard Batman at the store. And all I could find was stuff like Landstrike or Antifreeze. Oh, man. That was... The Antifreeze Batman was one of the worst. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah I had, a, I had like, an Aqua Batman that was in my bathtub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Antifreeze Batman was one of the worst uh, figures ever. Um, but he says, a couple of my favorites are U.S. and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent agents for Captain America and the symbiote, symbiote, symbiote suit for Spidey. Uh, but his second, his second question is, what is your favorite riddle of Riddlers? I ain't got an answer. Yeah, man. I, I can't really think of one, Alex. And again, you stumped me. I, I mean, I don't know how you do it every week, every two weeks, but you, you seem to do it every two weeks. Um, all I know is that um, I found all those communication towers and Arkham's origins. So, ha! I uh, solved those riddles. Oh, you're one of those guys that completes like all. Of I those. had to get him back. He was so annoying with those <laughs> messages that I that I wanted to see him get pissed off. So I kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also do the um the Joker teeth the or the the wind up teeth thing? No, not really. Yeah, uh, Tim did that, and I thought he was crazy for for doing because you have to find every single one in the game and hit him with a batarang. And yeah, that's Arkham Asylum, isn't it? Yeah, Asylum. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tim. Tim seems to me to be a true purist. Oh yeah, like, he is. He, I, I think he he seems to be the guy that's going to have a hundred percent complete on a video game. Yeah. So let me get your opinion, Mark. Now this is this this goes back to our Tim and I's old feud before the this past uh, World Series. You know the traditional story of Mister Freeze, right? Yeah. Have you? I'm pretty this? familiar with it. Have have you read the Scott Snyder um, origin for Mister Freeze? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Which one is better? What's the other one? Um, the one from like the cartoon, like in the nineties. Yeah, that's like that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah. Um, where that Nora is it? Nora is that is that her name? Yeah, Nora. That he, it was originally his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one better because the oh. fact. Okay, keep on going. <laughs> I just, I, I, I mean, I liked how Snyder did it, and I, I appreciate both. I'm a good, I could be a politician here. Um, I mean, in the Snyder one, I kind of, what, what, I did have a reaction to him having an obsession with a woman that he didn't know, and that makes his character, in my opinion, less tragic. Yeah, but it makes and, him more crazy. Makes him crazy. Yeah, but I think if you're, if I mean, but you know, when 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 you you know intense, you know, intense love, and then then losing that person, and then 
being a genius, but just not being a genius enough to cure her could drive a man crazy. I, I, I guess, but I don't know. It, it's just something about, you know, he was obsessed with a woman that he never knew, but had his eye on, I guess, for a long time. And it's just that story has been the 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 animated series origin of Mr. Freeze has been done over and over again in the comics and it's been, well, been well, browbeaten with it, you know? Yeah. So let me I'll approach it a different way. If that's if that if if the DC universe and Scott Snyder wanted that to make the new origin story, I'd be cool with it. Oh, okay, so, so you don't hate it then? No, I don't hate it at all. Okay, okay. I think it was great. You know, I was a little upset that that he dumped his mom in the in the water because yeah. I was like, "Wow, wow, uh, Victor, your mom's she's she's a liquor." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Too bad, you." But it was good, sim, you know, symbology symbolism going on there that his mom died in ice water. It, it, it's a full circle thing. I like Scott Snyder and I read a lot of his stuff that has nothing to do with superheroes. So if that's what he wants to do, he has not broken my trust. And I think it would take a lot of bad writing by him for me not to like what he does. And I could go along with that story. You know, sometimes it out with the old and in with the new is a good thing. Yeah. So I guess I'm the only, I'm still the only person that likes it, likes that story. So, um, Thank you, Alex, for your email. We always love reading your email. And just remember, we love you. No homo. Uh, But now we can move on to Zodiac. And Zodiac says, Hi, Zodiac fans and the Zodiac Revolution. Great last episode, even with a very downer start about mortality. But that's what I have come to expect from the tangent-filled podcast you guys produce. I have to say that the discussion about the convergence and the future of DC books was very interesting. I thought you guys had a very honest opinion, and I would never say that you were being negative fans. The New 52 has been a very big disappointment in the Bat books and only books other than Batman, and titles like Wonder Woman, Earth 2, and later Grayson and Batgirl, not the Gil Simone garbage. Whoa, Mark. (laughs) You might want to mute your mic. There we go. Um, uh, Earth 2 and later Grayson and Batgirl, not the Gail Simone garbage, have kept me reading. I got into IDW books like Ninja, Ninja Turtles and Judge Dredd to fill my comic quota. The Convergence thing looked cool, but ultimately felt pointless to bother with since it won't really mean anything. That That's how I feel about the current books. Give it five years and no one will care. All these event stories haven't paid off and are forgettable. While Batman Eternal has been long-winded and had filler, at least it had a continuous storyline, the rest of the Bat books felt unconnected half the time, unless they had an event tie-in, which was every time. Scott Sanders started a new story. I think when you guys said they haven't proved themselves with the New 52, you hit it on the head. For For the after convergence... DC line, like I said in the tweet, I am, I am very Corbin. What are you saying there? <laughs> uh, you, oh, okay. I'm very 
I'm very Corbin, my new word for positive. But like you guys, I'm also a little hesitant. No ruined childhood yet. The RoboBat stories seem like it would be very cool, but I just want some good regular Batman stories. It seems all they want to do is make constant changes just to, just because they think it will get more sales. That's why I don't bother with Marvel books, as I don't know what's, what the continuity is and what's new. I also hope it isn't like Tim said that it could be something to keep Snyder interested in doing the book so he can go as outlandish as he wants. I like Dane's idea that it could be Alfred, but I like the idea that it could be Gordon. We don't know what the Joker will do in Endgame, and he did mess up. He did mess up Jim pretty bad, so he so maybe he needs the suit for medical reasons and steps in for Batman for some reason. But like you guys said, we will all know. We all know it won't last, and we'll just wait for the return of Batman. Also, don't want this to be. Uh, DC's attempt to make a Batman like Iron Man. I ask, I want to ask you guys about the situation on game and movie ratings uh, in America. I haven't been reading a lot of people complaining. I've been reading a lot of people complaining about the the new DC animated movies and now Arkham Knight being rated M or teen and being and being too violent and aren't what kids should be playing or watching. Tim said he that he couldn't sell kids these games that they weren't rated to play but do people but do people really believe that these kids aren't getting access to them i know over here they can't sell them to kids but when i play call of duty with my friend online i hear a lot of kids talking so i seriously doubt that the rating will stop kids getting their hands on it uh how does that work mark do you know Work in uh, regards to what? You have to bring a parent in, right? I uh, mean, I went and saw rated R movies all the time without parents. No, 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 for the video games. Uh, man, I bought like parental advisory. It depends where you go. I think if you go to a big box store, you probably might need a parent. But oh. if you go to like an indie store, I don't think anybody cares. Yeah, they're gonna get it. Regards, I mean, I mean, kids, people are letting their kids pretty much do whatever they want today, so. Yeah. I'm not too, it's gonna sell. It's it's gonna be fine. Um so I'm not I'm not too worried about stuff being overly violent. I think if things are gonna be violent, it needs to serve a point and it needs to help progress the story. And I agree with the Zodiac, you know, if it's just violent for being violent sake, then yeah, I'm not interested either. So uh well, he says, I understand and agree that really bad swearing isn't necessary in a Batman in Batman stuff, but I think a certain level of violence is fair. Yeah, I don't think they're talking about swearing. I think they're more talking about the violence in in the game. You know, maybe there's blood or something. Yeah, it could be that, but I, I agree with Tim and what Tim said last week. He may have been responding to my email from last time, is that there's going to be a moment, and I want to know what that moment is. That's why the game is M. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you'll be able to pick it out too. Man, we all seem like relatively intelligent human beings, so yeah. I think we. I think I'm. It'd be that'd be a good topic for future. You know, why oh, was yeah. it him? Um, I hear sayings like, "I don't like where these are going," and I can't watch these kids with my. Ki- I can't watch these with my kids. 
but I think there should be a good range for all generations. I can't complain that the Batman Unlimited cartoon looks too friendly, kid-friendly, but then expect the movies to be dark and violent. There should be things for different ages, so you can grow up and have more maturing things. Or if older, you can have things to make you feel young, young again. Hopefully you guys spoke about the new... But about the news that Killer Croc is going... Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Uh, Killer Croc is going to be in the... Um, is he going to be in the Suicide Squad movie? Yeah, I think it would be yeah. Suicide Squad. I'm down with that. Yeah. And it gives me good vibes that more obscure characters will get to be on the big screen. I would love to see the likes of Clayface, Man Bat, and even a more full-on Mr. Freeze. This has really got me excited for the new movie. So, so many possibilities. I think there will be a Justice League movie with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle with comedy elements, but I think the ultimate test will be if we get a Plastic Man. Yes, it will. That'll be the biggest selling movie of whatever year it comes out. Uh, the biggest Batman movie in the future is going to be a Jean-Paul Valley standalone movie. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are saying that you don't like going to the cinema, the cinemas because of the idiots that make that you may encounter. I was wondering if you have what we call gold class. It's a medium-sized cinema and that has about 40 recliner seats and a food service. Wow. Yeah, we got a couple of those here in Asheville. We got one that's oh, actually really? like state-owned. It's called the Carolina. And uh, for like movies that are um, like, in a, like they've been out for a while, and like you know, it's obvious that less people are going to come. Like the whole movie theater is just like couches and lounges, and you oh, can wow. cuddle up. You can cuddle up with your your girlfriend or whatever, and you can order. It's a full menu, and you can you can get you know beer by the pint and stuff like local beer too. And I, I mean, I live in Beer City, USA, so there's lots of local beer that you can get, and you can get it there. So yeah, but then they also have like your standard movie theater like arrangement there as well. So so do you? You pay for the ticket, right? And the ticket is more expensive than the than a regular theater, right? Uh, no, it's pretty comparable, but if it it's going to be a lot more expensive. It's going to be a lot more expensive when you buy the beer and food. Yeah. Um, it's a medium sized cinema that has about forty recliner seats and a food service that can that can give you food and drink at any t- at any point during the movie. It costs about double the usual price, but it's totally worth it as people there only people go there only to enjoy the movie and don't talk uh, with stuff about stuff. I only do it for the one or two times I go each year, and only for big movies. Last time I went was to see Man of Steel, and it makes a much better experience. Um, I did a little math and tried to figure out how long. You know, I, I can't believe Australia has movie theaters like that because, and I guess North Carolina has movie theaters like that because uh, when I go to the movie theaters, it's literally one of the worst experiences that that I ever had because, I mean, it's... it's and that sucks for you, man. I, I, I yeah. in general, I don't have problems at all. I mean, I've gone to like you know Interstellar, Hunger Games, like you know opening week, and everyone's in there, and everyone's quiet. Because the last time we went to San, when we went to San Diego for the graduation, I think you've been cursed, dude. 
Yeah, when we went to San Diego for the graduation, uh, we went to go see American Sniper. And so we get to the movie theater, we're sitting down, we got something to eat, you know, things like that. And then these parents come in with their kids. And it's not little kids. It's not like a toddler or, you know, I don't know, a kindergartner or whatever. It's like a eight or nine year old, and they don't shut up about. Oh, did did uh did he kill the the guy or you know just talking about the movie? And yeah, it's like, that's just, just really that's just disrespectful. Yeah, that's just that's just you right. know those parents are they're pretty they're probably morons. And it's know? like just watch the movie. I mean, you're being shown the movie, so you should be able to tell what's going on, but. Oh, I just every time I go to the movie theater, it's, it's a bad experience. I'm sorry, man. Hopefully, you can start like like a run of like 15 movies without being <laughs> it being the experience. No, because I agree with you, man. If I'm in, if I'm there and I'm into my movie and I'm, I've been waiting to see this, like I cannot wait for the new Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if there's some, like, if, if there's like a like a fanboy complaining throughout the movie who's dressed like a Jedi, I'm going to smack him. I will. Right, right. Because it was, he's ruining my movie experience. Yeah, you, you can't know? be doing that crap when and the yeah, movie's and, going on. Yeah, and you, you would think that if you went to a movie and you knew every single person in there was just excited for you to see it, that it's, it's, it, it does make the experience great, you know, like when you're there to share it with people. But it only takes one. That's, there, that, that's the one rule. I, that's a rule I believe in. There's always one. There's always one person who will do it, but yeah, yeah. I haven't had I haven't had the experience like uh, bad experiences like you. So I, I think one time, me and uh, my girlfriend in high school, we um, went to go see the movie. Uh, God, what's that movie? Inception. Inception. Oh, okay. And there was a fight in the movie theater. Like two people. Like I guess didn't like each other and they started fighting in the movie theater while the movie. I swear to God, that's crazy. I you you you, that's I've never seen anything like that happen in a in a movie theater before. Yeah, that's why like me and my girlfriend now we (laughs) we wait for the movie to come out at the dollar theater because nobody ever goes to those, and it's it's a kind of better experience. But there's still I don't it's just people, man. It's just people. So they need to learn how to behave at a movie theater. Um, but uh, uh, Zodiac goes on to say, I did a little math and tried to figure out how long you guys will still have to go to finish your Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute by, minute by commentary. By my best estimate, you will have 130 minutes still to go after this current episode, which if doing one per episode, which are released every two weeks, you won't finish for another five years. <laughs> So you will still be doing this commentary after the Justice League and future Batman movies are out. Remember, this is an estimate, but if you, if true, you guys have a while to go. Maybe when Batman v Superman comes out on DVD, DVD, we could do a call-in commentary with you guys to help out. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna need that because this is gonna be. I mean, this is the true test of my life, our life. Tim and I's life. 
because if we can get through this, it proves that we're true Batman fans. And I'm not saying that everybody else that needs to do that to be on our level, but this is this is a trying test. Uh, I'll say that much. Um, then he says, "I thought after my short email last time, I would go. A, I would do a big one this time. So, so sorry if it has bad grammar and Dane can't read it properly. But until next time, don't ruin it. <laughs> don't ruin any childhoods. <laughs> uh, Australia's number one bat fans fan." Zodiac. Well, thank you, Zodiac slash Mike. Uh, we always enjoy reading your emails, so keep on sending them in. Sending them in. Um, did we ruin your childhood, Mark? No. Are you sure about that? Uh, mine was pretty, pretty all right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that that's it for our listener feedback and uh, conversation with Alex. So, uh, did you want to talk about any comics, Mark? Uh, not off the top of my head right now. I actually probably need to get off here in the next couple minutes. So, so let's wrap this up then, and let's just uh, well, I close the I close the email, so I'm gonna have to look for it. Get the show notes on it. Because, as you can tell, Tim does a lot for this podcast. Like, write stuff down for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I It's become, this episode's like Mark going on a tangent episode. <laughs> about what Mark's interested in episode. <laughs> That's okay. That's all we do is talk about stuff we're interested in. Uh, and stuff we're not interested in, like Sin City. Um, so, yeah, with that, we're... This episode is finished for now. Uh, you can check out our host site, The Batman Universe, at thebatmanuniverse.net, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse, or on Twitter, Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And you can follow us on Twitter. Tim's Twitter handle is at timg311, and mine is at Banana. and Mark is at der underscore Lemke. Der Lemke. That's yeah. just... Um, it's my last name, and then D E R the in German, so it's just the Lemke. Oh. <laughs> so Dare Lemke, uh, yeah. And I and I I retweet and I tweet about a lot of like stuff related to hockey, Nine Inch Nails, wine, and Batman, and comics in general. And you tweet if that's more what than you're. I, do. I like tweeting. That's my main way of communicating with uh, El Timo. Uh, I see. Um. Where was I? Oh, yeah, you can read us. You can read and review us on iTunes. So do that. Um, I know you did, Mark, right? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. Uh, Four or five stars. The max. I gave the max, man. That means you're a true fan. I am. That means you aren't a fan that jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am the uh, le- the most junior Timmy Time in the Revolution member, though. I will admit that, and I yeah. and I own that position with honor. That's fine. That's fine. You're still a fan. You know, we don't discriminate. But um, I, I did have a thought that if we're, it's, it's Timmy Time the Revolution, every time I hear the revolution, yeah, I think that if there was a theme song for this fandom group, it would be something from Rage Against the Machine. No, you see, because that's too, like, hardcore, you know. We need something a little more... Oh, the love song by The Cure. No, The no. real version of love song. Oh, you mean the... the the 
version that doesn't put me to sleep. And it's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired, shots fired. <laughs> I mean, the, the 311 love song cover it puts me to sleep. It's so slow. The singer's just like d- dancing around the words. And I don't know. Um, and you can email us at uh, batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page that nobody goes to at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast. And you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at batfans27. So with that, like we say at the end of every episode, if you're listening to this, we love you. Uh, sorry, no comics this week. Uh, I didn't read my comics. Mark is uh, has a lot of reading to do coming up. So um, Yes, sir. Sorry about that. Uh, well, it's actually back. a good episode not to do comic book because this last Wednesday was number zero for conversions. So there'll be plenty for you guys next week. Yeah. And uh, Tim won't be back next episode. Uh, he's going to Star Wars Celebration where they're going to show off the new for, um, The Force Awakens. Um, I'd be happy to help out again if you Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because... Nobody wants to hear me talk for two hours about right nothing. Uh, so, yeah, Tim's going to do that, but he'll be back the following episode. And he can tell us all about the new the new trailer and his experiences at Celebration. I'm jelly. Uh, I'm a bit jelly about yeah. that. So, like we say at the end of our podcast, we love you. If you're listening to this, we love you. So, with that, goodbye, everybody. Good night.